Good morning, friends. Welcome to this pre-recorded worship service for May the 30th, coming to you from the Church of the Palms of Sarasota, Florida. Today is Trinity Sunday, when we proclaim the mystery of our faith in God, expressing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we share the celebration of the triune God, we trust that you will experience his presence in a special way. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad and prepare our hearts for worship. In mystery and grandeur, we see the face of God. In earthiness and the ordinary, we know the love of Christ. In heights and depths and life and death, the Spirit of God is moving among us. Let us praise God. Let us worship God.
Each of us is allotted a ministry only we can carry out. And when we betray this trust and turn aside to pursue our own limited agendas, who will share the story only we can tell? Let us now confess the ways we have denied God's call on our life. God of all worlds, we confess that we are too much people of the flesh, living in slavery to our possessions and our fears. We are so attached to our little corner of the world that we find it difficult to identify with people whose experience is far different from our own. We do not want to suffer with the homeless, the hungry, the refugees, the oppressed. We turn away from the suffering of Jesus to pursue temporary advantages. We act like just another human organization, not the body of Christ making a difference in the world. Oh God, forgive us and reclaim us as your children. Amen. God loved the world so much that Jesus Christ was sent to show us the way to eternal life. We are not condemned, but offered saving grace. Come to the light and let its warmth melt away our resistance to God's truth. We are recreated in Jesus that we might do the good that God intends and make that goodness our way of life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And now let us reaffirm what we believe by saying together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So part of being part of the goodness of God is partaking in the invitation to share God's peace and reconciling love with those around you. Peace be with you.
Good morning and welcome to Church of the Palms. If you're watching this service early in the morning and you would like to give the gift of life, come by the church today. We will be having a blood drive today until 12.30. All blood types are needed and all donors will receive a free pint of custard from Culver's. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. And a little reminder that because of the holiday tomorrow, there will be no sermon discussion group on Memorial Day. We are adding more to the list of activities in the Palm Center. A new yoga class will begin Friday, June 4th from 11 a.m. to noon, and it will be led by certified holy yoga instructor Laura Davison. No need to sign up, just show up. We're looking for more greeters for our 11 a.m. service. It's an easy way to serve and such a great way to be the welcoming face for the, the people who come in person. We hope that you can help us with that. Contact Susan Neisler for more information. Are you a numbers person? The communication team is looking for someone who loves numbers. Analytics can tell us so much more about how effectively we are reaching people. So if that's your cup of tea, good for you, and we invite you to come and brainstorm with the team about how this data helps us growing in our outreach. Contact Sarah Soboleski for more information. Finally, Day of Hope is Saturday, July 17th, and we will serve 250 children again this year, providing them with backpacks and supplies and gift cards for shoes and for school uniforms and food from Detweilers and from all faiths. We'd like to thank all of you who have signed up to volunteer. And because we've had such a great response, we actually don't need any more volunteers because it is a drive-through event. But we could still use your monetary donations. So if you can write a check to Church of the Palms with they have hope in the memo line, or you can also donate toothbrushes and toothpaste. That would be very helpful. Thank you so much. Let us continue our worship. A poem by William Paul Young. One alone is not by nature love or laugh or sing. One alone may be prime mover, unknowable, indivisible, all. And if everything is all and all is one, one is alone, self-centered, not love, not laugh, not sing. Two, yin, yang, dark, light, male, female, Contending dualism, affirming evil, good, and striving toward balance. At best, face to face, but never community. Three, face to face to face. Community, ambiguity, love for the other and for the other's love. Within, other-centered, self-giving, loving, singing, laughter. A fourth is created, ever loved and loving. Mm -hmm. 
us pray. Gracious and loving God, on this Memorial Day weekend, we pause to give you thanks for the fruit of our liberty. We rejoice as people of faith to live in a land that affords freedom of assembly and protections for peoples of all perspectives. We give thanks that we are free to choose our creed, free to choose our lifestyle, free to choose whom we vote for, free to choose what channel to watch, free to choose how to spend our money, free to succeed and free to fail, free to chase whatever dream comes our way, free to pursue the American experiment to live into e pluribus unum out of many one, free to be a democracy of the people, by the people, and for the people. As citizens of and residents within this country, we confess how difficult it is to live with these freedoms, the obligations and burdens which accompany them. When we worry about how our country is doing and where it's going, when we see faults and cracks, we find our finger out and pointing to this group and that group as being the problem and confess that seldom is the finger pointed back at its owner. We have a pretty good idea what changes everybody else needs to make, but little clue on what changes we need to make. We rejoice that we follow one who invites us to seek the truth that sets us free. Help us, O oh God, to see the truth that sets us free. Sets us free to live responsibly and responsively with our freedoms. Sets us free, O oh God, to exhibit and advance your kingdom. 
that where there is want, we may bring help. Where there is injustice, we might bring righteousness. Where there is oppression, we might bring liberty. Where there is illness, we might bring healing. Where there is conflict, we might bring peace. Where there is loneliness, we might bring company. Where there is grief, we might bring comfort. Where there is outrage, we might bring a listening ear. O oh Lord, help us to exercise our freedoms in a way that reflects the light of Jesus. This weekend we pray thanksgiving for those who exercise their freedom by serving and dying for their country. Those whose lives and deaths have raised the stakes for each of us. Those whose valor cries out from the grave a command that we live our own lives of courage and decency and respect and honor. Those whose beautiful gift of sacrifice for us demands of us a same sacrifice for each other. Allow not our hardened opinions or impassioned party affiliation or racial identification or choice of lifestyle to keep us from giving our lives to each other and for each other, all for the sake of the one who gave his life for us, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this weekend we are reminded of all that for which we are grateful and all that is still left to do. And it is all to say that life's greatest joy and greatest meaning is when our gratitude prompts us to wonder what might be the next great thing. We are most certainly grateful for your generosity and it spurs us to wonder what more can be done. The ways of giving are on your screen. May your great joy meet the world's great need. Let us continue our worship.
us pray. Lord God, thank you for faithful givers who have modeled themselves on you. You who have given everything to us, may your spirit of abundance, which gives more than we ask or imagine, grace all of the gifts of our people for your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we're going to ask the children to gather around while Miss Carol gives us a moment. Hey, welcome to the Children's Moment. We are here up in chapel and we're talking with our preschool kids about self-control, our last but not least fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is really pretty easy. It's about controlling ourselves, right? Right? Sounds easy, but you know what? Self-control is not easy to have. If you had to sit still the whole chapel, do you think you could do it? I don't know if I could do it. We actually um, taught my friend's dog, Bruno, how to have self-control. It was really kind of easy because we put this little dog biscuit on his nose and he's supposed to sit there and not eat it until we say stay, stay, stay. And then when we say go, he gets to eat that treat. And he does it, he does it, you know. Bruno has really good self-control. If a dog can have self-control like that, we could have self-control really easy, right? Totally. We know what's right to do. You know, we know what's right and we know what's wrong, but we still end up doing things that we're not supposed to do. See, God tells us what to do. He tells us right from wrong, and he tells us what sin is. We forget, and we forget self-control, but you know, God really wants to help us have self-control, but we have to love God, and we have to spend time with God. And so when we don't have self-control, you know what that means? We need more Jesus.
The scripture passage comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Hear the word of God. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who de descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O Lord, to the word just read and the words to come, that they might point to you the word made flesh. It is in his name we pray, amen. Today is Trinity Sunday, where we have the opportunity to reflect on the monotheistic one true God, who really is three gods in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know as Presbyterians, we use Trinitarian language. For example, we baptize in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, but I don't know if you noticed, we don't cross ourselves. Going back to the first two centuries of both Eastern and Western Christianity, there emerged a simple form of body prayer, wherein you traced the image of the cross over the upper part of your body. And I wonder if it might be of value to some of us Protestants today. If you have any sort of heartache associated with this practice, please do not do this. We wouldn't do it in public worship, of course. But if we are so inclined, we could start in front of a mirror in our home. What if we were to bless ourselves as we begin our day, as a reminder of whose we are and as a shielding and honoring of our body.
starting with the forehead, honoring our thoughts and mind in the name of the Father and of the Son as we move over our heart and towards our stomach, which is blessing our own enfleshment and incarnation as the body of Christ, and then trusting and enjoying the flow of love, we cross our body from shoulder to shoulder over the heart again, and we say, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The key lies in our ability to do this consciously, lovingly, prayerfully, and freely as we choose. This is just one way for the body itself to know holy things to honor our body as the temple and container of the mystery of God. Speaking of mysteries, one theologian wrote, I don't for a moment pretend to understand the Trinity, and quite frankly, I don't trust those who say they do. Goodness, even Augustine said it was beyond him. Robert Capon wrote that when human beings try to describe God, we're like a bunch of oysters trying to describe a ballerina. This is a gentle reminder for us to appreciate the mystery of God. Mystery isn't something you cannot understand. It is something that you can endlessly understand. There is no point at which we get to say, I've got it. Always and forever, mystery gets us. It doesn't help us that the doctrine of the Trinity isn't even mentioned in the Bible. Scholars have used scripture passages like ours from today to gain some understanding. This well-known passage from John is a rarity in the Gospels because it shows Jesus discussing in some detail all three persons of the Trinity. In the 7th century, a Greek theologian named John of Damascus developed an understanding of the Trinity with a concept called perichoresis. The Greek word gives us a lovely image of God. Peri, as in perimeter, means around. Choresis means literally dancing, as in the choreography of a ballet. Father, Son, and Spirit are like three dancers holding hands, moving around together in harmonious, joyful freedom and self-giving love. They are what they are only in relationship to each other. Whatever is going on in God is a flow, a radical relatedness, a perfect communion between three, a circle dance of love. And God is not just a dancer. God is the dance itself. But there's more. In the 15th century, Andrei Rublev painted the icon called the Trinity. As icons do, this painting attempts to point beyond itself and to hold space for the communion that exists in our midst. At the time of Rublev, the Trinity was the embodiment of spiritual unity, peace, harmony, mutual love, and humility. In Rublev's icon, there are three primary colors. You can see the painting on the cover of our bulletin this week. 
Rublev considered gold the color of the Father, which represents perfection, wholeness, and the ultimate source. He considered blue the color of the human, both sea and sky mirroring one another, and therefore God in Christ taking on the world, taking on humanity. Christ is displaying his two fingers to tell us that he has put together spirit and matter, divinity and humanity within himself. The spirit is represented by the color of green, the divine photosynthesis that grows everything from within by transforming light into itself. The Holy One, in the form of three, are eating and drinking in infinite hospitality and utter enjoyment between themselves. The gaze between them is loving and respectful as they share from a common bowl. And notice the hand of the Spirit pointing toward the open and fourth place at the table. Is the Holy Spirit inviting, offering, and clearing space? If so, for what? Well, it turns out there is a little rectangle on the front of the table. Most people pass right over it, but some art historians believe that the remaining glue on that original icon indicates that perhaps there was once a mirror glued to the table. It's stunning when you think about it. There is room at the table for a fourth, for the observer, for you, for me. In fact, all of creation is invited to sit at the divine table and to participate in the divine dance of loving and being loved. That's an awesome mirror, right? A way to see how we fit into the fellowship of love. It reminds me of those two guys that went to a little place to have a drink so they could catch up with each other. Joe quietly says to his buddy Tom, Look at those two old men there across the bar. We need to be careful because if we're not, that's going to be us in 10 years. Tom looked at his friend and said, Joe, that's a mirror. Remember how the queen in Snow White boldly asked her mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Wouldn't it be great to have a mirror that would answer all your questions? We could ask, what is needed to create the life I desire? Or, what is blocking true happiness from my life? Well, the queen was outraged when her mirror answered Snow White. But it was showing the queen what she would need to develop in order to become the fairest of them all. Snow White had the qualities that the queen lacked, kindness, humility, and patience. You see, the queen failed to see Snow White's good qualities as traits that she too could develop, becoming more beautiful in the process. Instead of being inspired by Snow White, the queen sought to destroy her. When we are jealous of someone, our feelings are the mirror urging us to develop that part of ourselves that is lacking or covered over with pain. 
When something a person says or does incites anger or upsets us emotionally, our reaction holds the key to our inner world. No one makes us feel jealous or angry. Our reactions to other people are cues, signaling to us that something within needs healing or reconciliation, signaling that perhaps we are not connected to the divine three. When Saturday Night Live comedian Pete Davidson crudely mocked Congressman-elect Dan Crenshaw because of Crenshaw's eye patch, no one expected the former Navy SEAL and decorated war hero to respond the way he did. The mockery of Crenshaw's combat-inflicted disability resulted in such a strong public backlash that this comedian fell into depression and self-loathing. The comedian wrote in an Instagram post, I don't really want to be on earth anymore. I'm doing my best to stay here for you, but I actually don't know how much longer I can last. Some might have expected Crenshaw to say of the comedian, well, it serves him right. I am a veteran, and I know that many have lost their lives, but I lost my eye serving our country in Afghanistan. Crenshaw could have reacted by adding to the backlash or by simply ignoring the comedian. Instead, the veteran privately reached out to befriend, encourage, and speak life-giving words to Davidson. He told the comedian that everyone had a purpose in this world and that God put you here for a reason. It's your job to find that purpose. Instead of firing back, Crenshaw built a bridge. Instead of shaming and scolding, he spoke tenderly. Instead of seeking vindication through retaliation, he sought friendship through peacemaking. Instead of adding to the cycle of outrage, he responded with a gesture of unconditional love. Moved by compassion for the pain that Davidson had brought upon himself at Crenshaw's expense, the man trained in military strike and defense offered a gentle answer. So gentle, in fact, that it turned away the wrath of a man's self-loathing. Then, on Veterans Day weekend, the two came face to face on Saturday Night Live to make amends. Crenshaw offered warm remarks and high praise in reference to Davidson's own father, who was a New York City firefighter who died in September, in the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack when Davidson was just seven years old. At the end of the segment, when he thought they were off camera, the embattled and humbled comedian leaned over to Crenshaw and whispered, you're a good man. Jesus holds up a mirror for Nicodemus to show him that he too is a good man. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark 
One cannot see a mirror in the dark, but Jesus, the light of the world, helps Nicodemus to see himself the way God sees him. Like many of us, Nicodemus comes with both faith and questions. He tells Jesus, I know you come from God because no one could do the things that you do apart from God. And when Jesus starts talking about being born again with water and spirit, Nicodemus is confused and has questions. Jesus holds up the mirror so Nicodemus can see that God sent his son so everyone who believes look into the mirror Everyone, you, me, even Nicodemus can live now and forever in the unending presence of God, which is, by the way, a holy dance party. Scott Hosey writes, creation itself sprang from a bubbling overflow of God's love. Like a shaken up bottle of champagne, God's love with the Trinity was so effervescent, so richly pressured and full, that sooner or later the cork had to explode out. And when it did, a river of sparkling love gushed forth and sprayed on everything. Creation is that overflow of love. God wanted to share the life and the love he already had so exquisitely among Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our job now is to let the love flow in us and through us. We cannot diminish God's love for us. What we can do, however, is learn how to believe it, receive it, trust it, and celebrate it. If someone were to bump into you today, what would spill out? Are your fists clenched or are your hands open? Is it a negative energy or life energy that controls your days? Are you overly defensive or can you be vulnerable? Look in the mirror and ask the spirit to flow through you. God is so good that Jesus uses our weaknesses, our questions, and most especially our mistakes to draw us even closer to the experience of love. If you're wondering what the flow of the Spirit looks like, here's a small example. Just recently, a middle school in Dallas organized a breakfast with dads event and then realized that some students lacked father figures. So the school made a Facebook post asking for 50 volunteers. The next morning, 600 men showed up to help. Friends, if you want to be born again, to have the Spirit flow through you, I want to share a practice for you to consider. I found it at the Center for Action and Contemplation. We know, of course, that the Spirit blows where it chooses, but we also know that God is always seeking relationship with us. 
Since many of us have a hard time just sitting and meditating, I want to share with you the simple guidelines for a walking meditation. But first, I want to share um, a poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning that inspires me. And it goes like this, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. So here are the guidelines for a walking meditation. Leave alone and in silence. Return alone and in silence. There is no goal. The journey is the total destination. Just place one foot lovingly and intentionally in front of the other and honestly trust in guidance. Those who expect the spirit Receive the spirit. Take no books or journals. Your motto is, don't think, just look. Do not come back hoping to have something profound or meaningful to say. If you do, that's fine. But that's not the goal. It is what it is. And that's your teacher. You will be living life at two to three miles an hour, just the way you are designed to live. And that is very good. So good, you have a wonderful chance of experiencing the flow of the Trinity through your body, a rebirth. I just ordered myself a mirror medallion, and it may be something that we want to use once our walking trail is complete in the back 40, because it signals to others that we are not being rude or non-social, but rather we are keeping silent for a meditative walk. The medallion has a round mirror that faces outward as you wear it, receiving the outer world exactly as a true mirror should, without distortion, adjustment, denial, or judgment. What comes, what comes toward me, first of all, deserves to be honored in its bare essence, and then also that it is what it is and does not immediately need my analysis or commentary or labeling. The mirror, however, also faces inward, looking directly at your soul and your heart without judgment, symbolized by the Trinitarian eye of God, gazing perhaps at what you cannot or will not see, the divine image you carry. The quote on the inside is from the Apostles Paul in 2 Corinthians 3:18. Our unveiled gaze receives and reflects the brightness of God. The verse continues, until we are little by little turned into that image that we reflect. This is the work of the Lord who is the Spirit. Thanks be to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift her countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit on this day and forever. Amen. Thank you.